Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 282, and I'm calling it Making Plans or Making Excuses. Mm-hmm. And how often there's just a real fine line between making plans and making excuses. And it is something that those of us who have project brains, which I've talked about a lot before, tend to fall into, we think we're making plans, but we're actually just making excuses. And that is because we are trying to figure everything out first, like figure out how it's going to work how it's going to play out. I I mean, honestly, I feel like that's (laughs) the vast majority of books. I mean, the vast majority of reviews on my books are, I mean, they're like 4.7 stars. Both of them are on Amazon. You know, so my people reading it need all of the words. Like, you know, and one of the things I hear all the time is as soon as I thought of an excuse, she went ahead and addressed it in the book. But the people who don't like the book, it's usually like, oh, my word, why does she keep going on about, you know, all this? She could have made one blog post, and that would have been the same thing as the whole book. And I'm like, you're right, in that I could totally just say, do your dishes, sweep your floor, blah, 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 the container, you know, containers are meant to be limits. And I'm like, yes, I mean, technically, any book, you can boil it down. But the whole point is those of us who are overthinkers, um, who like to make a project out of, out of everything, who are this way because we do think about everything from every single angle. You know, my people need all the words. Okay. Um, you guys have been listening to my podcast. It's number 282, which means I've been yakking for a long time. And if you've listened to all of them, which I'm always amazed at so many of you who tell me that you have, it's a lot of words and it's a lot of thinking and it's a lot of all that. So that tendency that we have to really, really, really think things through is part of our problem. Okay. It's a wonderful quality, you guys. We're amazing people, but it can so easily tip over into making excuses. And so that's what I'm going to talk about today is just that the relationship between making plans and making excuses and how to make sure that we are not making excuses when we think we're making plans. Got it? Okay. I did want to let you guys know that um, there is going to be an extra podcast in my feed on Monday. The regular podcast is still going to come out on Thursday in a week, like it always does. But there's going to be a special sponsored one um, that's an extra one that is going to show up on Monday. So it is the first in a series where I get to interview real life scientists about cleaning which is something I've honestly always want to do. So I jumped on this chance. It's a sponsored series. And I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Like, so when I have had the chance as part of this crazy job that I made up out of nowhere, when I've had the chance to actually meet 
to visit labs and meet the people who are the scientists that create the products I use in my home. I've always wanted to have them come on the podcast, uh, but it's never actually worked out. So when this came up as an opportunity to do this sponsored series, I jumped on it. And I really, I find it fascinating. I think you guys are going to be interested too. But I did want to let you know that that is coming on Monday. Okay. All right. So let's talk about making plans or making excuses. So right now I am wearing my t-shirt that says action over intention. That is something I've talked about at some random other podcast and somebody pulled it out as a quote and I made a t-shirt and then I never really told anybody about the t-shirt. So I didn't sell very many. And so then um, merch by Amazon took it down because, you know, I didn't sell enough except to myself. So anyway, um, but it's that same idea of action over intention. Instead of just planning out what I'm going to do, what I should do, what should work best, instead taking action. Because without the action, all of those plans can just go straight into excuses. Let's talk about one of this episode's sponsors, Third Love. Does the idea of ordering a bra online make you nervous? It did for me. But then I was so incredibly pleased with how right my results turned out to be. With Third Love's Perfect Fit Promise, they stand behind their products. If you don't love it, exchanges and returns are free for 60 days. I mean, really, y'all, there is a legitimate difference in the fit and comfort of Third Love bras compared to other bras. Where their bras poke, Third Love doesn't. Where other bras itch, third love bras don't. 2021 is your time to shine. Focus on what makes you happy, starting with better bras and underwear. Not sure about your size? Take third love's online fit finder quiz. Find a style and size that fit your breast shape and your body. It'll take just a few simple questions to find your perfect fit. Over 16 million women have taken the quiz to date. Plus, Third Love gives back to the community. Third Love donates all of their gently used returned bras to women in need, supporting charities in their local San Francisco Bay Area and across the United States. So far, Third Love has donated over $40 million in bras. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering my listeners 20% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash clean now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash clean for 20% off today. Here's what I want to say before I really get into this is I am talking about this because this is a question I'm getting a lot right now is people will say, well, what about this? And what about that? And y'all, this is my, I think I'm going into my 12th year of this job that I have. Um, in the beginning, of course, I was like, nobody asked me any questions about decluttering. Are you kidding? But you know, probably I would say for the last seven or eight years, I have kind of, you know, been the person that people ask about this kind of stuff. So I'm not not saying I'm jaded necessarily, but I'm experienced in hearing these questions. And so I generally can hear what's actually going on behind the question. Okay. And so I do want to say that if you have asked me a question like this recently, I am not talking directly to you. Like I am not specifically thinking about any specific questions. I'm just saying I've been getting a lot of questions that have this same underlying 
theme that I hear even though the person who's asking the question doesn't necessarily hear. So the questions go something like, okay, but if I take it there right now, what about, you know, this scenario that would happen? Or if I have a space that is visible and I need to tackle that, what about, you know, and it's all these different, these different things. And here's the thing is, I know what's going on here, because I have been through that. That is me. I am the person who wants to know how this is going to work. How is this going to play out? Which that's the advantage of the fact that I did start this blog, you know, where it has pictures and you can go and you can see actual before pictures and actual after pictures. And so, you know, I would, I would talk about what I was doing even before I was teaching anybody how to do it. I would talk about, you know, what it is that I'm doing here and I would mess up and then I would, figure things out. Okay, that didn't work that great. And so the next time I would do it differently or whatever. But because I was recording it, you can actually go and see that. So um, I think a lot of this right now has to do with the fact that it is January. I'm guessing, oh yeah, I'm recording this on the 29th of January, which means that when you guys hear it, it will actually be February. But we've just been through January. Okay. And January is the time where that, you know, from Christmas night, through the end of January, everybody's talking and thinking about decluttering. It's just a natural time of year when people want to focus on this. So as we do that, that means that even people who maybe have kind of lived in denial for a while, or who've just tried to ignore it and thought, okay, well, one day I'm going to figure all this out. That was me. Um, That was how I always thought, you know, I'll figure this out someday. I'll figure this out someday. Have been like, okay, I want to figure it out now. And so they're maybe new to the method or are like, okay, I'm finally going to implement maybe to a different level than I've done before. And so that just brings up these questions. Um, A lot of us are extra skeptical because of past failure, because in the past we have tried to declutter and we have ended up in being worse off than we were before, or we decluttered and we really weren't decluttering. We were just stuff shifting, you know, moving things to a different room. And so then everything kind of eventually comes back into the space where it was anyway. All those things, all those past failures make you extra skeptical, which make you want to know, is this method going to work? Is this actually going to play out? How is that? So you're trying to answer all these questions ahead of time. Planning things is good. Y'all, that's one of our, when I'm talking about our, I mean, like people like me, that's one of our best qualities. I mean, like I can plan something out, but not every situation can be perfectly planned out. Okay. Um, Often you just need to have those those bones of how it's going to work. And that's what the five-step decluttering process is. It's the bones, okay? When I say remove trash as your first step, there is a purpose in that and there is a reason for that. You are going to, you know, break your decluttering paralysis by giving yourself permission to start with the least emotional thing to do. Like we're talking about actual trash, not anything that makes you go, is this trash? Should I throw it? No, I mean like actual trash. You're getting that out. It reduces the overall volume of mess, which reduces your feeling of being overwhelmed. It causes you to look at individual items to identify, you know, yes, no, is this trash? You're looking at the, instead of looking at a mass of stuff, you're looking at individual items. So there is purpose in that. And yet everybody's trash is different. 
I mean, I think about my normal friend who I've talked about, you know, in the past. I mean, to her, oh, everything's trash. I mean, like she will just throw stuff away, which makes me nervous and panicky and going, okay, well, what are we talking about? You know, if I see that that's how she does it, I think, I wouldn't consider that trash. And so then I start thinking, well, what, you know, no, I need to just go ahead and get rid of my obvious clear trash because like I said, it just looks different for everybody. When you get to the phase where you're asking, where would I look for this first? The whole point of that question is that it's whatever your answer is, which is going to be different than what your next door neighbor's answer would be, or your grandmother's answer would be, or your, um, great aunt. Although I feel like that's a really parallel, same thing as grandma, you know, but I'm like, you know, that's, you're literally asking what yours is. So that means, you know, where the first place you would look for it is, which means it is unique to you, which means it can't be planned out ahead of time. Do you see what I'm saying? It's that taking away the analysis and the planning and saying, I'm going to act on these things, but it's going to look different for everybody, which means you can't necessarily, you know, I can't write a book that says, okay, everybody get rid of your Xbox games because your kids don't have an Xbox anymore. I mean, that's, that doesn't apply. You know what I mean? Like half of you have never had an Xbox in your house or some of you, that's what your kids have is an Xbox. And so it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't give you, go get rid of this, go get rid of this, go get rid of this. There is, everything is personal. And so you need to go ahead and just take the action. So I'm saying, just go ahead and say trash. I don't have to know ahead of time what is going to be trash. That's kind of the whole point is I don't have to know ahead of time. I'm giving myself permission to walk in and say what in this space is trash and pull that out and get rid of that. Okay. So planning out some things in life are good. I mean, you guys, I've talked about it before. I mean, I love a Disney vacation. Not right now. It's COVID times you know, and, and they've changed everything um, because of COVID times. But a big part of my joy in my family going to Disney is the intense planning. Like it takes six months to a year of researching and planning. And I enjoy that. That's part of the reason why we do take Disney vacations. It's part of the reason why some people don't take Disney vacations because they don't want to plan that much ahead of time. For me, I enjoy it. Like I enjoy that micromanaging, figuring out where we're going to be when all that kind of stuff is fun to me. And so that's a situation where I can use that and I can make it great. And like I, I can use that tendency that I have to my advantage to benefit my family. I, when I direct a play, I mean, I, I don't just go, okay, everybody get up there and say your lines. Oh my goodness. No, like every, everybody knows exactly when they're moving and where they're moving. And then we go from that. But these tendencies that I have can backfire in my house. So I'm saying this tendency to try ahead of time to figure out how it is going to play out backfires. Okay. 
Let's talk about one of our sponsors for this episode, PrepDish. PrepDish is a healthy subscription-based meal planning service that is unique because the plan you receive each Friday in your email isn't just a list of meals and recipes. Each week, you get detailed instructions for a prep day when you spend one to three hours doing the prep work for the entire week. Then on the day you eat the meal, getting it cooked goes super fast because the prep work is already done. Did you have any New Year's resolutions about preparing healthier meals in 2021? How's that going? Yeah, if you feel like you need some help, Prep Dish is a super practical way to actually make that happen. And the meals are really yummy. On February's super fast plan are things like lemon chicken breast with sauteed spinach and mushrooms and rice and chili lime shrimp salad. We're talking today about how there's stress that happens when you plan but don't actually implement. Signing up for PrepDish, especially with the free two-week trial so you can see how it works, is a great way to take away that stress by letting someone else do the planning part for you. So if you want to free up some mental energy and try letting PrepDish take over your meal planning, head to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean. And you can get a free two-week trial. Again, that is prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a free two-week trial. Sometimes our need for control can end up putting us in a situation that's impossible to control. So things backfire. Okay. So look for where am, where are my tendencies to start out thinking that I'm doing the very best thing where are those tendencies actually backfiring? Okay. And that's in this making plans, plaking mans, making plans versus making excuses. Where is that line? Okay. Where am I falling into? Wait a minute. This is actually an excuse as opposed to me trying to be efficient and figure things out. So needs for control can make us do things wrong and put ourselves in a situation that's impossible to control. So a lot of this stuff, you know, that I've had in my house has been collected because I was trying to be efficient. I was trying to go ahead and have what I might need one day. Okay. So that need for control. So it it might be gathering things like feeling like by gathering this, you know, by buying an entire wardrobe or three of 40 clothing, when my kid is six months old, you know, I'm in control now because I am never going to have to worry again in the future about having 4T clothes because I'm going to have all these. And yet I bring those home and I don't have the space to have the six month clothes and maybe some nine month clothes that they're going to grow into because I've got these, all these 4T clothes. It's like it backfires that need for control. You know, I just recently was, was, you know, have seen the talk of, of things that, you know, okay, so what do I do now with stuff that I bought when the pandemic started? And now I'm going, okay, this is going to take me a really long time to actually use this up. Um, But you know, that's, that's that same thing. And I mean, that obviously was, is a unique situation that y'all, I mean, it has really upsetting me to think that we're about to get to where people are buying Valentine's masks and Easter masks are going to be coming. I mean, I was, I was upset enough when I ordered Christmas masks because I was like, are we seriously, we're seriously doing Christmas masks. We're we're already there. And I mean, by the time we get to Easter, that's going to be like 
in our face that this has been a year, which is crazy, isn't it? Anyway, I'm not complaining. I'm I'm major masker anyway, but I'm just saying like it it's those time passage awareness <laughs> disorder like markers that make me go, wait, it's getting to be almost a year of this. But anyway, um, but I'm just saying like that desire to control backfires. Okay. So I'm, I want you to see that in that situation. So then you can apply it in these other situations where if you are trying to control things by knowing ahead of time, how this is going to play out. And yet that causes you to not actually go ahead and start throwing away trash and moving through the process that's backfiring. Okay. It, it's you're, you're hurting yourself by this desire to make plans. If it's causing you to not actually do what you need to do. The desire for if efficiency can make us inefficient. You know, I know I talked about that in how to manage your home without losing your mind available wherever books are sold. A slob comes clean.com slash book. Um, but really though, I mean that efficiency, that desire I love, I love highly efficient, you know, mechanized things where this happens and then that happens. I, that like, I just love watching it. I love seeing it. I love thinking about it. Um, and yet it backfires when I think I'm being more efficient. I mean, the, the classic example that we talk about here on the podcast all the time is that thought that it's more efficient to put stuff in a keep box than it is to actually go take it there right now. That feels more efficient because technically in a perfect world where there was no distractions, well, where nothing ever, you know, I never got tired and felt like I had to give up, you know, the, that none of that was happening, then yes, it would be more efficient to put everything in a box and then go walk through the house and, you know, deliver everything to its home. But the reality is that I get distracted. I sometimes just get tired and want to quit. Sometimes I, um, in my perfect world, if I put it in a keep box, I mean, in my non-perfect world, if I put it in a keep box, then I have to ask myself those same questions again of where would I look for this first when I go deliver it. And then I'm, that's the opposite of efficiency when I have to work through this process in my head two different times. Instead, it actually, even though it doesn't seem like it's more efficient, it is more efficient to go ahead and take it there right now. And then the decision-making is done. I don't have to think about it anymore. It's not weighing on me as something to do later all of that. Okay. Um, so that desire for efficiency can backfire when we don't actually take action and figure out how it does play out in real life. Okay. How will this work can so easily morph into why this won't work. Okay. Um, because of our, our project brain, because of our failures in the past, it is really easy when you think that you're thinking about, okay, how's this going to work? If you start to actually be thinking about why this isn't going to work, then you know, okay, I'm actually making excuses instead of making plans. And so I need to go ahead and take some action and figure it out. Because here's the thing. If you are my people, then the thing to think about is assessing the actual situation that you're starting from. 
because, because here's part of the problem is you might look at some traditional organizing advice where their before picture is your dream after picture, but you look at that and you go, oh, okay, yeah, okay, they say to do this. And so then you look at your space and you go, all right, my before picture is nothing like their before picture. So we need to assess where we actually are and then go ahead with the advice of the person who's had before pictures that look like yours, which is me, okay? Because I have worked through this, which hopefully is going to help you get there faster because of the experience that I and the failures that I have had, okay? If you are having a hard time wishing that your before picture looked like their before picture, okay? I mean, like, because sometimes that, that's a delusion that can work into our brains of going, I know that's not my before picture, but I wish so hard that it was. And then you can kind of not do anything because you're mad that your before picture is different than theirs, okay? So, embrace your reality, take your own before picture, take an actual picture so that you can go, oh, this is really what I'm dealing with. I need to go ahead and take Dana's advice. Okay. So what, what can you actually do? We'll take that before picture and then focus on just decluttering. Don't make sure that you are not going into the organizing mindset because that's where your problem solving and your desire to be super efficient and all that comes in is when you are kind of blending that decluttering and organizing. Say, I'm just going to declutter. Okay, this space is out of control that I'm seeing in my before picture. I am literally just going to remove stuff and get it out of my house. I'm going to take out the stuff that doesn't need to be in this space. It's either going to go to its final home, which is, you know, where I would look for it first, or it's going to be donated. It's going to be out of my house. So I'm working on just decluttering. Give yourself permission to just declutter. Also, and here's here's one thing that I think is really, really key is give yourself permission to learn as you try. Okay. Like for me with everything in life. Okay. I am so much better off if I will give myself permission to do things imperfectly. Like if I, if I tell myself, well, it's not going to be perfect, but I'm going to go ahead and try it anyway then I'm able to go ahead and get started. Where if I'm only concentrating on what the end product is supposed to be, I can't even get started because it's such a process to get to that point. Maybe you are going to find that another method works better for you, but you're going to figure that out when you go ahead and try my method. My method works. Okay. But because it's progress and only progress, it never puts you into a situation where you have stuff to do later or a bigger mess. You can step away at any point. But even if you think, oh, there's no way and you're trying to think, prove it wrong. Go ahead and try it because as you try it, you're going to figure out, well, actually for me, I like to add this question in or I I like to, you know, do this way or whatever, but you're only going to figure out that from doing it. So an example that is sort of, sort of kind of parallel is, you know, I'm working on a book right now and I was trying to explain to somebody, they're like, oh, you know, cause a lot of you guys are creative people. Okay. The vast majority of us are in whatever format that creativity shows itself. We are, you know, different thinking people and, you know, and so sometimes somebody will ask me about, the book writing process. And I'm like, 
basically right now I'm having to make the clay. Like if, if I'm creating a creative thing, the first part of that process is for me to actually make the material that I'm then going to turn into something. So, so, you know, when you first do your first rough draft, the nice way to say it that my one of my kids old teachers said was she called it the sloppy copy. Like you have to have a sloppy copy first, because otherwise, there's nothing there. There is nothing in existence. There are no words to work with. There are no ideas to work with. You have to first, what I call it is make the clay so that then I can shape the clay. But there has to be something to work with before I can actually do any working. See what I'm saying? Even though, yes, the making the clay is the hardest part. I mean, it is. It's the hardest part. It's that going ahead and get going, getting going so that then you can figure out what works best for you. Okay. Like go ahead and start with the process, start with the trash so that you can go, oh, okay. Either that works or you know what? This is how it plays out a little bit differently in my house. And that's great, but you have to get started and you have to, you know, go ahead and take that action instead of just thinking about how it's going to work. So I'm saying like, and, and that's the thing too, is, um, as someone who this is actually, it's kind of a long story, but hopefully I'll have two books coming out in the not too, too distant future. But like one of them that I have been working on for the last year or so is, you know, it's one that had been running through my brain for a year before that, before I actually got started on it. Okay. And so I know this process of getting it down on paper is excruciating. Okay. And sometimes I'll talk to people like, well, I have a book, I have it all in my head. And I'm like, that is absolutely the first step. Yes. Understanding, thinking it through is absolutely the first step. But the hardest step and the only step that's actually going to result in a book is getting it on paper and getting it from your head to when I say paper, I mean, word document, but whatever, um, getting it from your head to actual words on a page. That's where the book actually comes from. So I'm saying like in your head, it doesn't actually exist yet, but on paper, it exists. And so getting it from your head to there. So, and it's, it's like, wait a minute, this was so clear and precise and made so much sense in my head. But then when I tried to actually put it into words, even though I thought it was in words before, like I really did, I thought I was thinking actual words and it all was so eloquent. But then when I actually start putting it into words, it's like this jumbled halted thing but that has to happen for me to then be able to shape it into eloquent, beautiful, clear words. Does that make sense? The in your head versus the actual reality is often the hardest step to take. And so I want to acknowledge to you that yes, it is hard, but I also want to tell you that you have to actually just go ahead and get started. Like, and, and here's the thing too. This is one of the things we've, we've been talking about a lot lately in different areas where I've been, but it's that as you do it, what me telling you and saying, Hey guys, if you will go ahead and get started, if you'll give yourself the 
permission to just declutter and pull out the easiest of the easy stuff, trash first, it's going to get you going and you're going, you're going to get started, which will then lead you to the point where you can really start making harder decisions. I can tell you that till I am literally, I can talk about it for 282 podcasts. But until you, and you can think you understand what I'm saying, oh, that makes so much sense. But until you actually physically touch a piece of, piece of trash and pull it out of the space and stick it in the trash bag and then pull out some more and pull out some more and pull out some more and then experience, wow, that looks better. Wow, I'm motivated to keep going. Until you experience it, your space is not going to be any better. And you're not actually going to be able to move to the next step until you go through that experience. So go ahead and take action. Okay. Don't just make plans, take action. Because if you're making plans, but you're never taking action, it's probably true that what you thought was making plans is was actually making excuses. Have I been mean in this podcast? I'm so sorry if I have been, I hope I haven't been, but oh, well, um, <laughs> like, like really, like I, I get it guys. I totally get it. So I'm not saying there's something wrong with you. we're we're amazing brilliant people those of us who think this way but the truth is your house is only going to get better if you take action you don't actually need to make plans you just need to start throwing away trash okay and as you do that you're going to start to understand truly how the process works okay and that's the beauty of final decisions and things actually leaving your house is you are making progress. I'm never, my process never sets you up to do a bunch of stuff that then you have to follow through on later. Okay. That's where the problems come in. Instead, it's with every single individual step that you take, thing that you do, you will have made your space just a little bit better and a little bit better. And that is what's going to really give you that momentum that you crave. Okay. I hope that was helpful. I will um, see you guys, I guess, or talk to you guys on Monday with our special sponsored podcast. And then I will talk to you again on Thursday next week. Okay. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.